Hi everyone. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to give a quick apology for how horribly tragic the audio was last week. I know it was unbearable and thank you for bearing with it anyway. I got a whole new computer. I got a whole new setup. Hopefully this never happens again. And I just, I'm so sorry for your ears. Please forgive me and I hope you like this episode even more than the last one. He charged me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Allegedly Bravo podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm going to start this episode off by saying this is not safe for kids. So if you have kids in your car, like go turn on Baby Shark or something, because this is not the episode for them. Okay. No hard feelings. Today, we're going to take a dive into the slime that is Nickelodeon and what becomes of the child actors on their programming. So before we get too, too, too far into this, I have to say, I have over eight pages of notes um, on this topic. And it's like the further, the more I click, the further I go and the more weird shit I pull up and the more accusations I find. And I've had to pare it down a lot just so that, you know, it doesn't get too upsetting. But I think this is going to have to be a few parts because there's just way too much to talk about. There's way too much going on here. And the Nickelodeon Dan Schneider BS is like super deep. Super fucking deep. There's a ton of allegations of crimes that are either covered up or ignored by Nickelodeon regarding their produ- one of their producers. And before we get into all of these criminal allegations and we dive into the disgusting, rude, gross guy who's Dan Schneider, the ex-producer over at Nickelodeon, I have to get into some child labor laws (laughs) and I had this whole, I found this really great printout that gave all the information about child labor laws and how long kids are allowed to work and how long a teacher needs to be on the premises if a child is working, so on and so forth. What I found interesting when I was researching that stuff is that there's different rules that regulate Like if you need a permit to work as a child agriculturist or a child actor or a child in a family business, they have all these different rules and regulations that need to be followed. And I found it very interesting that each sort of section of life has different rules for when the children are allowed to roll up their sleeves. I find it odd that we let children work. I feel like you have your whole life ahead of you to work. We shouldn't have to have children working. I think if we had some other way to help people survive, maybe their children wouldn't have to work. It's just, it's so detrimental to the kid to have it be working instead of growing in a educational positive environment. 
That's just my opinion, though. That's my opinion. So the federal child labor law generally prohibits the employment of minors in non-agricultural occupations under the age of 14. So if you're like 12, you go ahead and you can work as long as it's agricultural. If you're over 18, I'm sorry, over 14, have at it. You can work agriculture and everything else. But the federal law does restrict the hours and the types of work that these kids can work especially for the minors under 16, and it prohibits the employment of minors under an age um, in of 18 in any hazardous occupation. So I would guess that that's something like working in a factory, working in a car place where they're fixing cars, like those kinds of things are hazardous occupations. So Children under the age of 18 cannot be working in those conditions. Um, But you can work non-agricultural jobs and agricultural jobs sooner than that if you want. In California, they have a whole different... So each state also has their own set of rules that sort of regulate how and when and what children can do for work. So one of the things that I I researched and really the only thing that I researched was entertainment industry permits. So one thing that was weird is in my research, I learned that generally these working ages are earliest as age six. I cannot, like, I know a five-year-old and I couldn't ever imagine that five-year-old doing anything worky related. Like what? A six-year-old? But in the entertainment industry, minors aged 15 days old through 18 years old employed in the entertainment industry must have a permit to work and the employers must have a permit to employ issued by the Division of Labor. So uh, the 15 day old baby is fresh out of the hospital I mean, these these things don't sleep on time. They don't eat on time. Why are you making it go to work? It, can, it I don't even think their heads are all the way sealed up. Why is this baby going clocking in at a nine to five? I don't understand this. However, if you, you know, oh, California, you're so good. Look at you with your entertainment industry permits. This is good for the infants. No infant under the age of one month may be employed on any motion picture set or location unless a licensed physician who is board certified in pediatrics doesn't have to be there. No, provides written certification that the infant is at least 15 days old and within the doctor's medical opinion that that infant was carried to full term, was normal birth weight, and is physically capable of handling the stress of filmmaking and that the infant's lungs, eyes, heart, and immune system are sufficiently developed to withstand the potential risks. Okay, just have the doctor sign off that this baby's 15 days old and that it can handle the stress. This is such a cool baby. Like, this baby doesn't get stressed at all. 
Oh my God, these poor babies. I just don't find entertainment industry a sort of industry that we need child laborers. I just don't. Why do we need a 15-year-old baby? Hold a doll. It doesn't make sense. And this I do find to be very looking out for the kids. No hair and makeup before 8.30 a.m. No hair and makeup. Oh my God, I keep yawning. Before 8.30 a.m. The Division of Labor Standards Enforcement Issues, four types of entertainment work permits. So you can have a 10-day individual temporary permit where you're like, oh, this little 15-day-old kid, it's fine. It's only going to work for 10 days. Or you could have a six-month permit where you're like, oh, this baby's two, three weeks old now. It's 21 days old. So I think it can handle six months. And then a blanket permit. The six-month permit is issued to the baby specifically named in the application, and it needs to be renewed in the same manner and under the same conditions of the original permit. So that means you can't fill out a permit for this tiny little infant and and say, oh, it's going to be working in this particular manner, and then renew the permit and have it working in a completely different manner. You can't do things like that. Blanket permits are issued for groups of... Heidi, are you okay? She spooked herself. The poodle did. Blanket permits are issued for groups of minors hired for special events or other particular productions lasting for a limited time. So I would guess that this is something like when they're filming Zoe 101 and they need a bunch of kids walking around in the background... As extras, I would guess that's what a blanket permit is for. It's a big group of minors. They're hired for this event or for a particular production, and they just have to be background walkers for a certain amount of time. Great. I'm glad that they have that available to these children who would rather be playing freeze tag at school. These children need to be in school unless they've already graduated, obviously, Um, They have to have tutors or they have to have some justifiable reason that the parent has requested that they're allowed to miss school altogether, like they don't need the tutor or anything. Here's something I found interesting. Again, at least in California, where I grew up, when you miss school as a kid, if your absence is excused, the school still gets paid as if you went to school that day because schools get paid by how many kids show up and sit in the seats and do their learning. So if you had an excused absence, the school still got paid for you. If you had an unexcused absence, the school did not get paid. So it's interesting that entertainment work permits still provide an excused absence So the school's still getting paid, etc. I don't know. Interesting. So Nickelodeon is a super popular kids television channel. They are the type of people that would be using, or this is the type of company, Nickelodeon is not people, that would be having these sorts of permits and employing young children and babies and infants and things like that. Now, growing up in 
in my neck of the woods, at least, you were there's like two kinds of kids. You're either a Nickelodeon kid or a Disney kid. There was some crossover, of course, like maybe you're a Disney kid, but you watch all that. Okay, you're a Disney kid with some crossover. Maybe you're a Nickelodeon kid, but you watch Lizzie McGuire. You're a Nickelodeon kid with some crossover. That's fine. But you're one or the other. You're Nickelodeon or you're Disney. Even if you didn't grow up with cable, you're still one of the two. And I bet you know which one you are. You just know. You just know. So Nickelodeon, I was a Disney kid. Nickelodeon had some really good shows, though, like all that, which was sort of a Saturday Night Live for kids. Keenan Thompson was on it, who's also on Saturday Night Live. And it was so fun. They had the funnest sketches. They had this lady who would do this news desk that was fun. Um, they had they sort of had the Amanda show spin spun off before spinoffs were a thing. But of course, when you're employing kids and babies and stuff like that, you run into some lawsuits. Nickelodeon has run into its fair share of lawsuits. We can't possibly talk about all of them because that'd be ridiculous. So there's a couple big ones. The first was in the year 2000. There was a gender, gender, a gender discrimination hostile workplace claim. A writer on The Amanda Show said that the producer of that show, Dan, Dan Schneider, who we'll be talking about later, made her very uncomfortable by always asking her for massages. What was interesting was that this complaint was only against Nickelodeon and Dan was not involved. That settled out of court. I don't know. It's confidential. I'm sure it was a nice check. In 2010, this one was super interesting to me. A 2010 lawsuit where Nickelodeon had to defend itself against the voice of Dora the Explorer. A $10 million lawsuit that was, of course, settled out of court under confidential terms. Good for them. But the person who voiced Dora the Explorer said she was fired from the job once she hit puberty. And she claims that when she was offered the deal for Dora, she was only given 22 minutes to sign the contract and she wasn't allowed to have it reviewed by a lawyer. If someone's asking you to sign something and they tell you you're not allowed to have a lawyer review it, don't sign that thing. That's like a big red flag that the thing you're about to sign is about to fuck you over super hard. So if anyone's like, sign this, oh, hurry, quick, quick, quick. Oh, can I have it looked over? No, we're, no, you're going to lose this opportunity. You're going to lose this opportunity. You're not going to lose any opportunity because guess what? You already didn't have the opportunity. You already didn't have the thing. You know what I'm saying? So don't be signing things without having your lawyer review it, especially if you're given an extremely ridiculous time limit of 22 minutes. 
Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. The thing about Dora hitting puberty is Dora is, like, supposed to be a five-year-old or something. And so she was voiced by, I guess, a kid. And one way I think we could avoid this whole firing someone once they hit puberty is maybe we should revive that lady who voiced Timmy Pickles or in uh, – or I'm sorry, Tommy Pickles in the Rugrats. Like, where's that lady? She's already hit puberty. She been there, done that. Where's she at? I'm sure she could have done Dora the Explorer and then this kid could have had a nice childhood and not had to feel pressure to sign this agreement in 22 minutes. But apparently we absolutely needed a baby to voice Dora the Explorer. Even though adults can voice babies in cartoons. Weird. So in 2018, this is where we start learning more about the disgusting vibes and sliminess behind Nickelodeon and its relationship with Dan Schneider. Of course, there are whisperings all around. And if you ever read Crazy Days and Nights, it's a blind item gossip site and NT Lawyers, the person who runs the site, And he does blind item gossip. And a lot of his gossip is exposing dangerous people in the entertainment industry. And one of those people that he would expose was Dan Schneider. So a lot of people were already talking about these things. They were already talking about how he treated his... You can't even call him staff because it's a gaggle of children who work on a TV show. You know, they're not staff. I don't even know what you call it, his cast um, and crew. So in 2018, when Nickelodeon formally split from Dan Schneider, they didn't really give a reason. But obviously, some people would put two and two together because there's whispers of his behavior and of verbal abuse and two investigations that immediately preceded his dismissal. But that being said, it's still unconfirmed. Dan claims, of course, that he didn't part from Nickelodeon on any bad terms, but he said it was the result of an exhausting period that required delivery of as many as 50 episodes of shows each year. Oh, he's just so busy, so I had to take a step back. I'm exhausted. I'm going to check into the hospital for exhaustion. Do you know how many times I would have loved to do that? Just get a nice drip going. Put me in a nice little coma for, like, not a long time. Like, two days. Just enough so, like, people are like, oh, we'll leave her alone so she seems really tired. But people aren't like, oh, my God, is she dead? Like, no, she just, she's really tired. Just don't go in there. I would love that. But whatever. Dan Schneider of it all. This guy's a producer. And... 
on his bio on IMDb, it says that he was taking classes at Memphis State University when one day he was spotted by a movie producer and asked to audition for a part. And he got the part. But what was that part? I don't know. The part's unknown. It wasn't listed on his IMDb, which I find interesting because if you're going to sit here and say, I was discovered walking the hallways of Memphis State University, you better tell me what this what this little part was. Were you just a sign spinner outside of the hunky-tonk? Or were you in a movie? What What's going on? Was it a porno? Is that what it was? Why don't we know what the name is? Something's always fishy with this guy. So he goes, he moves to L.A., and he starts working, delivering pizzas while he's auditioning for shows. Even though, I mean, if you read above, it seems like he made it big when Memphis State University spotted him and plucked him out of the crowd. Uh, But he started working, delivering these pizzas, and then he did land some gigs like Ricky Smith in Better Off Dead which apparently he's still widely known for today. I've, quite frankly, I've not seen it. And I probably won't see it. I'm not a movie girl. I don't know if that's a show or a movie, but I've never seen it. So from 1986 to 1991, which is pre-Lauren on this planet, because I was born in 1991, Dan worked as a writer and a producer, and he ended up becoming involved in all that, the Amanda Show, and movies like What I Like About You and Big Fat Liar. Dan Schneider has won multiple awards for his writing and producing. Um, He's won at the Burbank International Children's Film Festival. He was the year 2000 winner for Best Short Comedy for The Amanda Show. And in 2008, the same category, he won for iCarly. He's been nominated for Primetime Emmys for Outstanding Children's Programs for his development in writing and producing of iCarly, Victorious, Zoe 101, and all that. I mean, these are huge, huge, huge programs that I'm sure, I mean, even us Disney kids watch these shows. That's how crossy over they were. So after he joined Nickelodeon in 1993... Dan's portfolio um, started growing and it boomed and it became a $10 billion portfolio. And he was known as a huge powerhouse over at Nickelodeon. I just want to let you know, I'm not going through these accolades to prop him up and make him seem like some super great guy who just did such cool things in his life. I'm trying to set the scene here of a man whose entire career Everything he's known for and all of his accolades, all of them are won off the backs of children and at the expense of children. Dan Schneider winning awards for his work in these children's programs is not like when teachers win awards for teachers of the year when they work with children. Those awards are for building up future generations And, you know, growing little minds for the rest of their lives. These are just awards for TV shows that exploited children at the end of the day. 
I also learned that Dan Schneider and I share a birthday, which is absolutely despicable. How dare he? I wish I didn't know that because my birthday twin was LL Cool J for the longest time. And I I know I'm going to stick with that. But now knowing that it's also Dan Schneider is just so gross. It's so gross. He doesn't deserve a birthday. And he definitely doesn't deserve my birthday. It's my birthday! <laughs> I feel like Stassi. Okay, Dan Schneider has been accused of just disgusting. Disgusting things. Disgusting. And it's important to remember that these are all allegations. Dan Schneider, as disgusting and piggy as he is, Dan Schneider has not been convicted of any crimes or formally accused in a court of any of these crimes. All of these accusations are made in the media in some way, shape, or form. So everything we're talking about is alleged. And when we talk about all this stuff, because it's alleged, we have to just keep it in the front of our head that Dan maintains his innocence. In regards to the accusation that he's um, received from numerous child stars about how uncomfortable he makes them. Dan Dan Schneider says, I couldn't and I wouldn't have the long-term friendships and continued loyalty from so many reputable people if I'd mistreated my actors of any age, especially minors. What a load of shit. I wouldn't have friends if I was like this. If I if I did this to the kids, I nobody would hang out with me. Nobody would be loyal to me. But look how many friends I have. Ugh. Below me, Dan. Below me. He would probably like that. The accusations. Whether he likes it or not. Dan Schneider has quite the reputation in the industry. In fact, in 2017, a band called Pink Guy, not Pink Eye, but Pink Guy, released a song called Nickelodeon Girls. And it's absolutely disgusting and I won't be playing it here. But this is a line. Puts it pretty nicely. It says... A little bit of weed, hard liquor for the ladies, got me feeling like a young Dan Schneider from the 80s. Even Pink Guy in 2017, a year before Nickelodeon and Dan Schneider parted ways, knew that he was a skis. Dan Schneider was once described by the New York Times as the Norman Lear of children's television. I'm sorry I had to Google Norman Lear because I was like, who's this guy? Now we're just supposed to know some guy named Norman? The only guy I know named Norman is Kaylee Cuoco's dog from Instagram. But apparently this guy is like a huge bigwig and he's actually done a lot. And he's known for things like All in the Family, The Princess Bride, Fried Green Tomatoes. So joke's on me for not knowing Norman Lear. But I'm sure at least one of you didn't know who he was either. Well, now 
Dan Schneider is known for hypersexualizing his characters and putting the kids in revealing team costumes and requiring on-set massages. That's so Harvey Weinstein. So Business Insider cited a person close to Dan Schneider who actually tried to refute some of these allegations, saying that the costumes were seen and approved by dozens of people, including the parents of the actors and the state-licensed teachers on set. Okay, well, guess what, Dan? The state-licensed teacher, it's not their job to be like, hi, garment department. I don't think this four-year-old should be in a crop top. Like, maybe... The teacher can offer that, but it's not really the teacher's job. Why do we keep giving teachers more jobs? So they have to be bouncers for real. They have to be like little psychologists. They have to uh, be apparently trained in disarming people. Um, And now they need to be trained in set design and garment choicing and how to facilitate that between a six-year-old and an adult. No, it's just not the teacher's job at the end of the day. Um, this little source close to Schneider says that this guy never filed, fired a six-year-old on set. Like, okay, cool. You never filed a, fired a six-year-old. Super... Snaps for you, Dan, for keeping the six-year-old around. Um, And he said, look, there were some dirty jokes that were intended for parents. And I do regret asking anyone for massages. I agree it wasn't appropriate, even though it only happened in public settings. Sure, Jan. Russell Hicks, Nickelodeon's former president of content and production, said... A standards and practices group read every script for Schneider's shows, and every single thing that Dan ever did on any of his shows was carefully scrutinized and approved, the man wrote in a statement to the outlet. Now, I don't necessarily think that that statement did what Mr. Hicks thought that it did. Because that doesn't make me feel like, oh, well, everyone looked it over. So obviously we're the crazy ones, right? That this is pervy. No. That just tells me that everyone was okay with it. Or turned a blind eye and let it happen. That's all that means to me, you know? Um, Business Insider released a report saying that Dan actually created a really uncomfortable, bizarre environment And he ruled over all of his workers like a fiefdom. And a fiefdom is just like an area over which someone exercises control in the manner of a feudal lord. So a little dictator. Little dictator. An investigation did find the allegations that Dan could be verbally abusive at times to coworkers was true. He had tantrums and angry emails. And those interviewed for this investigation who are unidentified say that he would request shoulder and neck massages. And Dan had a habit of texting children actors outside of work hours. 
He shouldn't even be texting children inside of work hours. Like, text the child's handler or something. The kid doesn't need to talk to you. (laughs) Dan is quoted as saying, quote, Oh yeah, I already read that part. I couldn't and I wouldn't have the long-term friendships and continued loyalty from so many reputable people if I mistreated my actors of any age. Blech. He said that his interactions with fans and stuff was only done in very public ways and that he, quote, never interacted with actors in any way except for texting or otherwise that should make anyone feel uncomfortable. That to me was another red flag sentence. It's like, well, however I acted shouldn't make you feel uncomfortable. You shouldn't feel uncomfortable about that. That's weird that you feel uncomfortable. That's sort of the vibe that it gives me. And I'm just saying, if other people feel weird about the way you're talking to a child, you're the weird one. Okay? So just, that's the the whole thing. So knock it off. Okay, Dan? Writers, actors, and crew members told Insider that they were disturbed by the sexualized scenes in Dan's scripts, which I have to agree is absolutely ridiculous. For example, this is so gross. There's an infamous goo pop scene in Zoe 101. And this is a scene where Zoe and one of her friends is eating candy called a goo pop. And it's sort of like this syringe of like sugary goo, you know, like sort of those crayon, like they're these crayon shaped candies where you squeeze it like a syringe and goo comes out of the top. So the friend in this scene says something to the effect of, I don't know why it shot out like that last time. And then the camera cuts to Zoe, who's squirted in the face, right, like, hitting the eyeball or the eyebrow and going down her eye. Um, Squirts it in the face with goo, and it looks like a cum shot. I'm not kidding you. It looks like a cum shot. And the camera stayed on Zoe for way too long. And it was disturbing. Certain shots in the shows um, show, like, bare feet and sexual innuendo, and some of the jokes were taken as evidence of something darker going on, that things weren't just, things weren't as they seem. So it's been said that Dan had a big foot fetish, which... You know, of course, there's nothing wrong with having a foot fetish. But, like, when you have a foot fetish over kids, it's absolutely disgusting. And you should have your eyeballs burned out. But Dan Schneider would constantly add foot emblems to his TV shows or zoom in on young actresses' feet um, to, like, make the Nickelodeon logo on their orange feet. Um, And he said to the New York Times that these things were ridiculous and that this social media could amplify all these lies about him attempting to sexualize young actors. And he stands by everything he did. And Dan Schneider says that the comedy was totally innocent. So here we have this huge company, Nickelodeon, 
who not only stands behind this producer or stood behind this producer, but listened to all of these allegations to the point where there's somebody writing a song about it and they don't part ways with Dan Schneider until 2018. That's crazy ridiculous. I'm sorry, that's not good. And I'm not saying Disney's any better, but you know what I mean? Like, come on. So I'm going to put a pin in it here because I just have so much more to go and this is a good stopping point. I'm going to hop back on and finish this off and do a part two. And in my part two, I'm going to go through person by person accusations. So I have Jeanette McCurdy. I have Amanda Bynes. I have Alexa Nicholas. I'm going to go through what the people say happened, what they say happened, if there's any evidence to support this, and how Dan Schneider comes to end his relationship and where he thinks he's going next. So if you like this episode, please go head over to the place where you leave reviews and leave a five-star review and head on over to Instagram. Follow me over there. We're doing all kinds of fun things all the time. And check out the website if you want to read some stuff, allegedlybravo.com. All right, courts adjourned. Bye. Allegedly Bravo podcast is hosted, produced, and researched by Lauren Peavy House. Allegedly Bravo is available anywhere you listen to podcasts and cannot be copied or rebroadcast without consent. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps me out. This podcast is made available by the lawyer or legal expert for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the law, not to provide specific legal advice. By listening to this podcast, you understand that there's no attorney-client relationship between you and the podcast publisher. Allegedly Bravo podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice from a licensed professional attorney in your state. Got it?